Good morning and welcome to Mornings with Box 2 Radio, a broadcast that is centered around news and views, Bible Q&A, and special guests. Now get ready because it's time to scramble those eggs, brew that coffee, and open that Bible. And let's jump into Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Well, good morning out there in Radio Land. What a day the Lord has made. What a glorious day it is to be alive in the kingdom of God. This is October the 16th, 2023, so if you waited to file an extension for your taxes and you got to do it, today's the day. Just a reminder, it's the second tax day of the year. Um, also, it's um, it's going to be a rainy, chilly day, but it was it, it was a very good day with a possibility of good sleep in. Um, it's one of those days that you could stay under the cover and Pastor Pillow could keep preaching his good sermon. Um, and so is, but it was, it was always, um, it was a hard walk over. It was a treacherous walk to, to work this morning in the, the drizzle and the cold, but we made it. Uh, but no, God is so good. I'm excited for today because this is the day the Lord has made anything is possible because we serve a God of the impossible. And so this is Monday morning. So we have a crew in there. Miss Hannah, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I, I'm just disturbed looking at your short sleeve shirt this morning <laughs> it's not bad um i did the infant walk last night and um i wore t- i wore short sleeves it wasn't too bad at all i've been kind of hot natured lately is that how, is that right is that word right hot nature yeah that's yeah. good yeah. yeah and so i'm feeling i'm feeling good jason how are you doing great i'm happy to be here i miss gretchen and i'm same amen <laughs> Well, we have a lot of great stuff this morning. We're going to cover some uh, more of the book of Hebrews here in a few minutes, and then we're going to get into some Bible questions and um, input from the um, listeners. And then we're going to have uh, so uh, Jim Waters, I think, is coming on, right? Jim Waters is today? Yeah, and so Jim Waters is on today at 830. We're going to catch up on some what's going on in the state of Kentucky. And I do believe that George Whitten's going to be on tomorrow morning. And we've got some other great guests lined up coming up as well. So stay tuned for um, the guest lineup that we are trying to build and improve all the time. And so we we do love when we have the opportunity and the honor to have a guest on to on with us in the morning. And I think it's always a great time for that. Amen. Um, we do have a couple of announcements. I don't have them in front of me. I can uh, get them. I'll have them on the app. All here. right. Um, the three-day crusade for souls at Potter's Hope, that'll be going on. Uh, Bishop Lance Johnson will be there at Potter's Hope, October 25th, 26th, and 27th. Um, I did not see a time, actually, on their Facebook. 6.33. It was 6.33. Okay. Um, so that'll be... It starts at 6.33? <laughs> yeah. Well, their win- their normal Wednesday service does start at 6.33. It's, a th- it's for... Um, a Bible verse, the seek ye first the kingdom. Yeah, okay. So that's why they do it. But um It's clever. Yeah. <laughs> um so that'll be October twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh for that cru- crusade with uh Brother Lance Johnson. Um and then the the only other all of our other events kind of you know, disappeared because they've already took place on the app. So the next one would be the chili cook-off, the Rough River Youth Ranch chili cook-off. Um, and that's October 28th again for anyone who um, doesn't know the, the um, what I cannot speak, the details on that. Um, <laughs> that's Saturday um, and it starts at 5 p.m. And th- dinner at 5, auction at 6, and that'll be in the Bethel Christian Academy gym. So, Amen. And, um, 
you know, uh, that chili cook-off is always a great time. And um, last night there was it was a great service, a great word by Brother Lance at Madrid Pentecostal down the road. That was a great time in the presence of the Lord as well. And strong, yeah. powerful word. And so just um, excited for those three days at Potter's Hope. Um, Brother Wayne seems to be burning in anticipation for that as well. And we're just praying into that and believing God for souls and more souls. Again, 633, those nights, um, I I take it after Matthew 633. Um, and, and so it's just, I think it's going to be a great time. Um, Brother Lance felt, said last night he just feels really called to this this region, period. And so um, we're just believing God for revival and a great outpouring of his spirit. Amen. All right. Well, I guess we're going to get into, um, we're going to have a lot of time in the book of Hebrews today, um, unless anybody's got anything else to, any announcements or anything needed to be said before we get into the book of Hebrews? Oh, no, I'm looking for a 1015. A 1015? A good scripture for us to, you know, we start oh. our church service at 1015. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to change it like 1018 or something. Maybe there's a good 1018. Well, I don't there, know. There's some good 1015s that I've just been kind of glancing through here. <laughs> I knew it was I knew it was a scriptural basis. Um, Romans 10, 9, and 10. We could start at 10, 9, or 10. <laughs> Depending on our mood. That's, uh, that's probably more accurate. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are in Hebrews chapter 2, and we'll start in verse, um, oh, probably we'll start in verse 5, even though I think we cover 5, I think we need to cover 5 and before we get into 6, 7, and 8. Um, we didn't get very far last week at all. Um, actually, I no, I think we did that, didn't we? Let's see here. I don't know. I never get to listen at this <laughs> during the rest of the week. Um, no, we'll start at five. All right, because I think we have talked a little bit about five, but I think it's necessary just to read it for the sake of the rest of the context. Uh, for it was not the angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. So we, we did discuss this verse last week about, you know, um, angels are not going to be ruling the next heaven or the next earth and um, or the new earth, however you want to word it, that it is going to be Christ. And it said, it has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels, but you have crowned him with glory and honor, and putting everything in subjection under his feet. So right here we see where the writer of Hebrews is talking about, what is man that you are mindful of him? Here I think he is talking about man in general. Um, that's humanity, I believe. And then on the next statement, though, then he starts to to um, condense it down into one or the son of man that you care for him. So I think here he's first one, he's talking about humanity. The second one, he's talking about the son, because he said you made him a little lower than the angels. Some people want to say that this is just talking about man in general. I think the first time he was talking about man as a plurality or a um you know, just a statement of humanity. The second time I think he is centered in on Jesus because he says for a little while, Jesus was made lower than the angels, which that's starting to talk about whenever he's walking the earth as flesh and as man, not as God. And I think it's very important. He is God in the flesh. He is God among us. He is, um, he never ceased to be God, but he gave up his divine attributes um, to know what it was like to walk as man, to walk and show us an example of being filled with the Holy Spirit, what it is to be a man filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And I think it's very important to understand that, you know, Jesus set the standard for us to live by, not an unattainable one, but an attainable one. So when we see Christ walking the earth and doing what he did on the earth, saying what he said, walking as he walked, doing as he did, then we can understand that by the Holy Spirit and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can walk, talk, and behave just the same way. And I think it's the it's to show us that nothing is impossible and that he has come to make us new and he is empowering us to walk as he walks. So now the old slaying saying, you know, what would Jesus do? It's not that it's an unattainable what would Jesus do. It's it's a very attainable what would Jesus do if we are filled and led by the Holy Spirit. And and so I think that's always important to remember whenever we talk about Jesus being on the earth and walking on the earth as God in the flesh. It's good. I like Amen. it. All right. Um, and then he said, because he's made him a little lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Because we know for sure that Jesus is not made lower than the angels. Um, but then you have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection to his feet. What Jesus accomplished on the earth, even though he was lower than the angels, the Lord crowned him with glory and honor. And then he put all things in subjection under his feet. And we know for sure that Jesus does have all things in subjection under his feet because he said in the Gospels that I have overcome the world, therefore what? You can overcome the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the earth is his footstool. And one part in Hebrews, I think it is, talks about how you know Jesus was there laying the pillars of the earth. So he had glory. He surrendered to glory, but then the Lord crowned him again with glory for what he did on the earth. And how do we know that? Well, we see the mountain transfiguration. And whenever um, Peter and John, they saw him in his glory. And so. ESV says he left nothing outside of his control. Yes. Um, he is He is sovereign. He is good. Um, and so I do love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses. It's a verse that. When you're trying to understand exactly how Jesus came to the earth and how Jesus walked on the earth, I think it's necessary to understand this portion of of Hebrews because it's showing us who Christ was. And I think that statement of you have you have made him a little lower than the angels, you have crowned him with honor and glory. You know, I think it's important to understand what he means there. So, mm-hmm. has anybody else got anything? No, I like, I like it. I, I've always liked that verse, too, uh, especially when he quotes that, uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him. Mm-hmm. I, li- I always like that verse. Yeah. Now, have you ever pondered, like, what he's saying, what is man that you are mindful of him? What's your thoughts on that verse? I, I think he's just talking about, you know, humanity and how that, as insignificant as we are in the, in the grand scheme of things, he, we are on his mind. So, yeah, but that's, that's what I've always taken it as, you know, I don't know if that's the correct interpretation, but that's the way I've always seen it. Yeah. That he has, he's made humanity as a whole lower than the angels. Mm -hmm. Yet he thinks about us and yet Mm -hmm. he is, um, you know, as Christ was the leader of all this, and Christ is the one that everything has put subjection to his feet. Christ is the one that's been crowned with glory and honor. Because Christ has done it, we inherit a lot of it as well because we walk in him. Yeah. Now, we don't inherit his glory. We don't inherit his, but we become one with him. And he made a way for us to walk in victory. He's given us the dominion. He's given us authority. Um, he does crown his bride with honor and, and glory. 
And I think that all of this, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. Jesus was the seed that was put in the ground so many more could come out. And I think that here, the writer of Hebrews is talking about the glory of Christ in salvation. And um, my, my, um, my, I guess you, what, what's it, how, what's it called? The division heading? How would you say that? I've never understood how to call that in the Bible. The what now? Like where mine says the founder of salvation over a portion of text. Oh, okay. Like a subheading? Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. I, I always just refer to them as sections. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I always call it division heading, but okay. then it sounds bad because then we have division. Um, and so uh, um, a scripture heading, I don't know, but mine says the founder of salvation, talking about Christ, that he's the founder, that he's the originator, he's the... He's the cause of salvation. But then as he inherits this, we are inheritors of his blessing and of his glory and of his his presence and his honor. And so as Christ is crowned with glory and honor, I believe so is the body of Christ. Is it a different kind? Yes. But we're still to be clothed because we are to become one with him. We're never to share in his glory in that sense of taking it away. But as his presence rests upon us and his glory comes upon us, um, and then, of course, he's given us dominion and the keys of the kingdom. And so there is a certain level of dominion and authority that we're supposed to walk in. As Adam was commissioned to walk in authority and dominion, so were we. And so yeah. I do love that thought. Yeah. Yeah, he's quoting from uh, Psalms, that verse. The Psalms yeah. 8. eight. Chapter 4. I was, I was thinking it was, but yeah. I couldn't remember. That's what I was thinking. It sounded like one. There's several. I mean, even like in Job, it's very similar like what is man that thou shouldest magnify him mm-hmm. and that thou mm-hmm. shouldest set thine heart upon him and and, and again in psalms uh, 144 3 so yeah what it makes me think of is the song i'm yeah. a friend of god mm-hmm. when it's uh <laughs> who am i that you are mindful of me that is mm-hmm. um that you hear me when i call that like as soon as i read this verse i immediately hear that song mm-hmm. Yep. Now, if if he didn't put in or the son of man that you care for him, I'd actually think he's talking about humanity in this verse the whole time through. Yeah. But I think he I think he sets the pace in that first portion. What is man that you are mindful of him with? All right. Humanity is here. And then Jesus joined humanity and then he became the founder of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's I think at this point he's unraveling and unpeeling and taking the onion back uh, layer by layer kind of deal, you know? And so I think he's unloading a little bit, and he, he does parallel with Psalm 8, and that's verse, I think, 4 through 8, I think what it is in the Psalm whole 8. plan of salvation yeah. and how it worked. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I, I think that that's very significant in understanding humanity mm-hmm. because you don't understand what Jesus did on the cross until you first understand humanity. Um, and, and there's a lot of... There was a lot of men who try to do theology throughout the years without understanding humanity and understanding the necessary necessary of, um, components of the cross and the gospel. And, um, you know, it's like you, you have to understand man, what man was created for, what man inhibitors was because of the fall, and then how Jesus came and redeemed all of those and purchased all those and created this glory and honor the rest upon his bride. And if you don't understand the full context and the full power of the gospel, then you do cheapen it. And we never want to cheapen the gospel, and we don't want to cheapen what God has done because he has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Yeah. Um, so now moving on a little bit in verse 8. 
Now putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. At present, we do not see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of the death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. Now we have hit around a little bit on all this, um, but again, I think it's just important to understand that for context going into where we next are, we're next getting ready to go. But um, what, what does it mean by? And then King James says, "But now we see not yet, yeah, all things put under Him." Well, I, I think this is where the writer of Hebrews quotes Psalm four. I mean Psalm eight, and then he's going to go back and explain how Jesus fulfilled all that. And he said, "At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to Him." I'm saying, I think the writer of Hebrews is saying. All things have been placed under him, but yet we don't see all things yet because there's still things and aspects of this fallen world that are still to come under subjection, even though he's one subjection over all things. And I think this is where he's renewing the earth, and I think this is where the kingdoms of our earth is becoming the kingdoms of our Christ. And so I think it's one of those statements that there's a truth and then there's facts. Mm-hmm. And the facts don't always line up with what we know to be truth, but we believe the facts will ultimately line up with the truth. So there will be one day when all things are come under subjection to him. Uh, Is this like the millennial reign? Well, I, I think that I, I think it's even greater than millennial, millennial reign. I think it's when the new heavens and new earth pop down, because okay. I don't believe the new heaven and new earth pops down until after the millennial. I've never uh, heard it said pops down. Pops well, down. <laughs> well it, it actually, I don't really know how this works, yeah. but if you read it carefully, I'm not for sure the new heaven and new earth, like, it almost seems like it's, you think it's resting. a different place? Than well, I think it's on the earth, but I, it like almost rests on pillars or something. It's almost suspended. Okay. From this, It's hard to, like, if you look at the terminology, I don't know if it really just sits down. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'd have to look. I'm looking into that. That's why we're talking about starting that right. Thursday night Bible study. Ultimate. It wouldn't be. I've always thought it was just he basically recreates the earth that we have. Well, I think the only way you can recreate the earth then is um, I think a lot of the earth or, is. Or gonna, maybe restore it to its original state. I would say that. I would say it's going to renew the earth to the original state. Mm-hmm. Um but I think in that moment, I think a lot of the earth is being destroyed. And so I don't think the earth is being utterly destroyed. But I think a lot of things is being destroyed. Because when you see Revelation, I think a lot of the, I like, I think a lot of the earth is going to be destroyed. And I think that we're going to go back to a Pangaea-type landmass. And in this landmass, I think that there's going to be a centerpiece of the New Jerusalem, a new heavens, a new earth. Um, because that New Jerusalem, that that that's going to be 1500 miles wide, 1500 miles long. And if I'm not mistaken, 1500 miles high. And so it's going to be a huge, massive city, which means that would be an equivalent to like half the United States. Hmm. And it's just going to sit down in the middle of it. Do I think there's going to be outlining sources or anything like that? I really don't know. Um, I've never been been to the new heavens and new earth yet. So I can't tell you exactly how it's going to happen. Right. Um, but I do think it's going to be significant, and I think that if you look at all the chaos and all the um, most people, and I would say Mr. Bjork would probably favor this saying, that a lot of these mountains coming into the sky and stuff would probably be asteroids or meteorites. Um, I feel like that's probably a good possibility. Um, For example, I think um, the second or third trumpet, I think it's the second trumpet maybe, um, a mountain comes into the, the sea. 
Well, I think that could very well be a possible meteorite hitting the sea. Okay. It says like as a mountain. So if a meteorite the size of a mountain hits the sea, then a natural recourse of that is landmass being destroyed or pushed. Yeah. And so I think I'm a I'm actually a proponent of what secular history calls it Pangea. Now I don't really flow with that because they're just gonna say over millions and millions of years it's separated. I think there was one landmass, but I think it was separated by the flood. Yeah, I do think the 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 amount of water on the earth before the flood is was not what we had to we have today. Yeah. So our earth is roughly seventy percent water today. Yeah. I don't think it was quite well when the firmament broke. Right. I would say a lot because actually the Bible talks about in the flood the water started from underneath the fountains of the deep and the top. And then it ran. I mean, so it's like the firmament broke, and the deep released its water. Right. And so not not only did you have water coming down, you actually had water pressing up. And when you had water pressing up at that level too, right. that's why people couldn't build a boat after it rained because it wasn't like a drizzle. Right. I mean, this was like. And a, there's no way that forty days and forty nights of rain would flood the earth. Mm-mm. No, that's physically impossible. It has to be. There has to be another. Yeah event take place i actually think the flooding of the earth happened almost instantly from the fountains of the deep yes. and the water canopy the firmament yep. collapsing yeah. and then i, I think agree. it continued to rain um but i think the flooding the earth and the i think it was just instant like i don't think that it i don't i think sometimes we have this ideology that well it just started to rain one day yeah. i don't think it was starting to rain i think it was a i think it was ferocious um and i think it happened in an instant but then it continued to rain for 40 days because you had that firmament dropping. I think it was a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, all my flat earthers out there, they're getting really excited because we're talking about the firmament. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how that translates to flat earth. <laughs> well, the flat earth, it has to have a firmament. And so, um, I don't know. <clears throat> now, I know a couple of creationists that also believe that a ice meteor struck the earth too during the time of the flood yeah which would have created a um mess yeah a big mess <laughs> yeah could, could possibly even have caught because be the cause of the tilt of the earth and so where do they get that did scripture or is that just scientific mm, more some a little of both the the fact that there were basically no seasons before the flood mm-hmm. would indicate that the earth was not tilted um, and then we do have this this ice age that you can't you can't really ignore, and you know there are lots of of uh, animals that have been preserved that still have unde- undigested food or had sorry undigested food in their stomachs, mm-hmm. so they were frozen really fast. So do you think the things like that? You know? But like if you look at the flood. I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that's that's a possible theory of another amount of water coming but, on, in addition to the firmament, the water, the fountains of the deep, and that. Do you think the ice age covered the whole Earth? I don't or, know. Like, because I've always postulated in my I'm own brain. I, I think any of it. Well, I may have to walk. I have to ask Doctor McMurtry, <laughs> yeah. but because I I do think bringing up the ice age. When did he come back on? By the way, uh, he was just back on. Last week, oh, I missed it. He's ready to come on as much as he he can. Um, but <laughs> looking for a Monday, I, like <laughs> uh, I do think though. 
I've always, I mean, I've postulated some with the, the Ice Age, but I don't think we have to have a worldwide Ice Age. Yeah. I think it could be, and yeah, if right. you look at the flood mm-hmm. and you look at the, uh, um, the, hemis- the hemisphere and the pressure of the hemisphere, all that would have changed. And then the weather changing, I think just the flood itself and the permanent breaking and the division of Pangea, as we call it, I don't really like to call it Pangea because mm-hmm. that sounds a little more evolutionary. But uh, the the one landmass probably going to different landmasses, and you're sending these landmasses into new areas of the Earth, mm-hmm. um, closer to the the poles, I guess you could say. Now, some people's like there is no North Pole. Okay, so I don't I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out scientifically where there we're is, at. There is. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, but wouldn't wouldn't that have an effect on certain land masses that then would give us an ice age in certain places? Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually never heard the ice meteorite hitting during the flood, so that's a new one on me. I'll have to look up. Yeah. Was it Bill Nye, the science guy? He no, wasn't he a creation. Was not. He does not believe in the flood. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's hard for me to understand, though, because the more I think about it, the, the more I believe Bill Nye may be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so Jason Miller not necessarily of the boxy radio yeah. alright um, somebody a, one time said Bill Nye was the Antichrist he is he has the spirit of Antichrist <laughs> I'll say that much um, but I'm not saying that's true well he did a debate with uh, I can't remember who it was Ken Ham he was yeah. rude he was just flat out rude yeah. just, um, now with the <laughs> excuse me um, well, I believe the Bible would refer to him as a fool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit more biblical. <laughs> um, and so I, I, you you lost my track of thought, Jason. <laughs> Just trying to figure out where I was going now after that statement. Um, I don't know. I can't remember. You had me. We were talking about the ice thing. And the flat earth. But yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Well, the ice age. And, and you're talking, you know. I do think the movement of the earth and all that could affect where it is mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't know if we necessarily have to have a worldwide ice age. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that either. I'm not yeah. that smart. I don't um, think it was. What, I don't think. If either. I were going to put my stock in one or, thing or the other, one or the other, I would say I would lean against this ice meteor thing. Yeah. But hmm. I, that's just a theory that I've heard. Yeah. That's, that sounds a little too um, supermanish for me. Yeah. But we we do know that there was, you know, there was some sort of event that that caused some very rapid freezing mm-hmm. in some areas. Anyway. Yeah, I would say honestly though, I I would think the permanent breaking, the hemisphere, yeah. the pressure of it changing so rapidly, so quickly, could very well. Um, and then of course your your UV lights changing, everything's changing. The gravitational pull had to be changing because you had. You probably had more gravitational pull coming into the Earth and on the Earth at that point. Would you say that? I mean, it would have had to change everything in a in a large magnitude, yeah. at a large magnitude with the um, with the flood. So, but but oh, I know what I was going to say. Bill Nye, the science guy, though. Oh, yeah. We was talking about that and the flood and how they they don't believe in the flood. Mm-hmm. But you know, the flood is actually the one event that almost every religion covers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's or historically, like every, every civilization has, has some a sort of flood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's almost like in history, it's not even considered a weird thing. Like there's yeah. almost China, Asia, all of them. They had a history of the flood. They had they had records of it. Um, if you go into almost any religion that predates Christ, they have histories of the flood. And yeah. so, 
the flood's actually well recorded throughout history, period. And um, now some of their views of the floods were definitely different than yeah. our view they of the flood. don't line up with scripture. But, no. But they're there. I mean. <laughs> they are there, which probably gives you insight of a flood. Yeah. Um, you know, stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. Yep. Yep. Um, but they also, uh, it's never uh, set well with me that uh, the global warming folks seem to ignore the ice age. Ice ages. They, they most evolutionists believe there have been multiple ice ages, mm-hmm. which means there's also been multiple global warming events as well. Well, Hannah thinks there's an ice age outside right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of our what they call. I'm not really sure our, what this our, all has uh, to do with Hebrews. No, but November black. Uh, yeah. What was it? That, <laughs> When was it we had such a cold snap and everybody's pipes were freezing? And it was <laughs> oh, the ice Arctic storm? blast. Because oh. there was an ice storm in 2008, I think. No, no, was. this was just this, this past year, you know. Oh. It was right, around, <laughs> uh, right after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a, what did they call it? I forgot. And I think it was an Arctic blast. Arctic blast, yeah. Arctic vortex, all kinds <laughs> of things. Like that. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we are... Um, like I said, I'm not sure exactly how this all has to do with Hebrews, but I, but I was, <laughs> I've always wondered, why don't the uh, evolutionist and global warming folks why don't they try to explain uh, the fact that you know if well not the fact but the, they believe that the Earth cooled down to an ice age multiple times and then warmed back up, so that would be a massive temperature change over several times. And so, you know, I don't know. It just seems seems like they they're all up in arms now about the possibility of our Earth warming by a couple of degrees. When if they believe in the ice age, or any kind of ice age, it's it's warmed up multiple degrees. You know, from a freezing, from a global freeze all the way to uh, what we have today. So, I yeah. don't know. It's just kind of aggravating to me. Yeah. Well, I I listened to a few different things. You know, talking about the the war mm-hmm. in Israel and everything and. There were uh, groups talking about how they believed that global warming was more of a threat to yeah. <laughs> to us than the war <laughs> that's breaking out. And I'm like, what? Uh, how has our world came to this? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know how did you would you say there was a group or an administration? Maybe administration. All right, because it was an administration who made that statement. It wasn't. A, it was not just a group of people. It, it wasn't a small group. It was a, a large. group. And then the administration was asked, "Do you still stick by those?" And they said, "Yes." Yeah. Um, that global warming is the biggest existential threat that we face as the world today, not the turmoil and the conflict in the Middle East. Yeah. And this was this they was were given a- the opportunity to say, "Okay, maybe." Yeah. You know, because this happened after Hamas invaded yeah. and attacked Israel. Um, they were asked again, do you still stick to this? And they said, yes. And I was just like, are you, are you kidding me? Um, all right. Well, I guess we got Friday, que- not Friday. Um, we had one question last left from last week, Miss Gretchen. You want me to use that one or you want to hold it for later? You want to stick to what you got? Okay. All right. Well, we got Monday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. Who rolled the stone across the tomb when Jesus was buried? Who rode the stone across the tomb when Jesus was buried? We're going to be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Serving for being an underwriter and sponsor of Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Through their partnership, we are able to continue to spread the gospel to the nations. 
Higdon Land Surveying services Grayson County and all surrounding counties. They are located at 1265 Nelson Road in Clarkson, Kentucky. Their text phone number is 270-230-6752. Their email is higdon216 at gmail.com. Thank you again to Higdon Land Surveying for being an underwriter and sponsor of Mornings with Box 2 Radio. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Uh, we do not have an answer for that trivia question yet. Who rode the stone across the tomb when Jesus was buried? Pretty easy question. You get your name in two times for this week's drawing. Um, we are, um, I think we'll be drawing this Friday, and so excited for that. Again, if you don't have plans yet on October 28th, please come out and um, our chili cook-off that night, Ruffer Youth Ranch. It is starting at 5 o'clock. Everything doors open at 4.30. Um, the actual silent auction, well, I guess the silent auction really, we say technically 5 o'clock is when we eat. But if you want to get there at 4.30, 4 o'clock or something like that and start looking around the silent auction items, usually they're up and going by that point. But we eat at 5, and then the major auctions, auction is at 6. And we're excited for this year. Have a lot of great do- items being donated by a lot of great businesses, and um, we're excited for that. So, again, that's October 28th. Um, food beginning at 5. The doors will be open around 4, 4.30. So um, we'll say... We'll say four um, because usually that's, you know, people start coming in at that point. And we're uh, three. I think that I think if you're judging, if you're wanting to be in the contest, it's three thirty or three. Three thirty. If you want to be in the contest. Now, you don't necessarily have to be in the contest. You can bring just chili. So if in and because a lot of people, I think, kind of term like, well, I'm not I'm not going to be there at three thirty. So I'm not going to bring chili. Well. Bring your chili still, even if you don't want to be in the contest. And the contest is free, so it don't cost you nothing to enter. It's just bring your chili, and we'll have our judges there at three thirty, and they do the con- they do the judging, and then um, you know. But you can bring your chili if you come at four forty five. Bring your chili, hook it up, and it'll be eight. Um, and so we want to make sure this year is the best chili we've ever had in the history of the chili cook off. Um, so do many people put noodles on their chili? I'm just curious in the cook off, or is it mostly? I don't eat chili. Are you trying to uh, determine how you're going to do yours? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not entering the contest. I'm just bringing some. But I just wanted to know. I was curious. I think it's half and half. Yeah. From okay. what I could tell, it's almost half and half. Okay. Some, some people seem to be really dug in about it, too. Yeah. Um, it's a personal conviction. Because yeah. <laughs> we made chili over the weekend, and I had mentioned it to a friend. that I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have chili this, you know, tonight. And he asked about the noodles, and he referred to me as a Yankee whenever I told him that we were going to have noodles in our chili. <laughs> All because you're going to have noodles. Way either. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. But he, he was things. he was originally from the deep south. So, <laughs> <laughs> so is is that like kind of how it kind of goes? Like if you're from the south, you don't have noodles in your chili. I, I don't know. I wondered that. No, because I know quite a few that do. I like it. <laughs> I don't like. I don't eat chili, so it don't bother me either way. I like it either way. I mean, um, I'm fine. You don't like chili? I don't. Oh. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. There's too many hidden peppers and <laughs> possible. It's like it's a lot of greens. I mean, it's like a lot of. It's really thick red. 
And so <laughs> what? Say there's not a lot of green in it. It's very red. <laughs> well, but the but the propensity to hide something there and not see it is great. Uh, like there's nothing worse to me. Like sometimes a burger will look so good and you you don't really see anything on it and then you bite into it and there's a piece of lettuce or a pickle or something and <laughs> oh it, it's just it's kind of i can assure you there won't be anything green in mine well i hope there's no pickle in chili that would be really weird um but i don't know i don't know hmm. i don't know if i can do it but maybe <laughs> the ones who make spicy they might put stuff like that. yeah yeah <laughs> well i'm pretty sure jacob swift said he has to have a liability release form to eat his chili <laughs> He said, I probably should have that. <laughs> and so, I don't know. There's, there's, um, we was at a mall not too long ago and there was a pepper store. Yeah. Like, and I just looked over there and I said, imagine how hot some of that stuff in there is. And I'd be like, this would be Jacob Swiss' favorite store. He would <laughs> taste test everything in the store. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we told that last week there. Levi did one where he, Mm-hmm. He had to uh, sign a waiver to some kind of pepper to sauce. To try something. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, let's see. He, one, he said it wasn't as bad as he was expecting, but it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about last week, I don't think he was with us, where you know if you have to have gloves to eat the chip, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't eat the chip, though. Yeah, we talked about that. Uh, well, uh, one listener gave me the answer to the trivia question, but we can't accept text. Mm-mm. It's in the rules. Yeah. It's in the rules. We got to have a call 270-257-2689. And then another listener asked about cornhole um, for the chili cook-off. We didn't do ch- cornhole this year okay. because honestly, the last two or three years, we didn't really have anybody show up. Yeah. And um, pretty much because Finley and Steve just kills everybody every year. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but on, I think last year they were the only two that actually showed up to do the cornhole. And then uh, I think Josh Newton got somebody to go play with him so they could at least have one match. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, you know, Finley and Steve <laughs> won. But um, we just haven't had much response in that the last couple of years, so we didn't do it this year. Um, and so I don't, you know, because we were getting there three or four hours early before right. for the cornhole, and nobody was there. So um, this year we decided is not it to the cornhole corn- is not as popular as it once once was, or is it? Uh, I'm not for sure to be honest with you. I know the the Tollers were having an event up in Rockport, and they were going to do cornhole. Mm-hmm. I, I thought about telling Finley about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like cornhole still. I'm not very good at it though. It seems to have waned a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, there, I heard a lot of people are playing pickleball. Pickleball. Yep. Yep. Kind of like it's like a mixture of tennis and ping pong. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess the best way to do it. It's like pretty fun. It's a magnified or big ping pong <laughs> doubles. Um, now there, people do complain though if you live close to a pickleball playing courts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but um, they complain because it's so loud. And they say that pickleball arenas yeah. have a lot of sound to them. Yeah, it's like there's a uh, – you play with a paddle, really, basically. Yeah. It's Box, like you ready? Let's see. How may I help you? And the ball is – is it rubber, I guess? Uh, yes, I sir. don't really know. I'm, I've never speaking? actually played. I think played. it's I've hit, plastic. It's a, okay. 
Oh, Jason well, Slattery, brother. Smacking the button ball around it. Good, good, good. Do they do it? I'll get your name in for the draw. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like tennis. But. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's Pastor Aaron is spot on. It's like a mixture of. Except I don't think you have to let it hit the ground. If I can remember from from know, gym I class, I think you can still you can hit it before it hits. But. Okay. I don't know. I'm still into the main sports. I still like volleyball <laughs> and basketball and football. Um, <laughs> and so, I don't know. I did like tennis a little bit when I was when I was a teenager. I didn't get to play much, and I could play good enough though that like I could play with those who really could play, and they would just hit the ball hard at me, and I was just hit it back. I had no idea what I was doing. They would just. Um, there was one tennis player that was really good, and he had this hard serve, and so I would just stand on the other side of the court and let him hit the ball at me, and then I would just hit it back and return it. And I don't know if I did it well. I didn't know if I did it right. I just hit it back. <laughs> um, that was not my sport, but I was, I could hold on, but um, I really, I like basketball. I love playing volleyball. I think, um, I think volleyball is one of my favorite sports there is. To and, play. Yeah. About uh, last, yesterday afternoon was about 20 or 30 of us stick around and played and it was a lot of fun. Um, my team went undefeated. Now on the picture on Facebook that Katie put, you know, mm-hmm. she Mariah said her team went undefeated. <laughs> but Mariah was on the other team that we beat every time. But when we took the picture, she threw her fingers up as number one with the other team. So you probably need to pray for her because she lied. Uh, she was not on the undefeated team. She was on the defeated team three times in a row. Um, and well, maybe then, she meant she was on Christ's team. No, she she was on the other team. <laughs> all right. No. All right. Um, let's get into some Bible questions this morning. Um, enough about pickleball. Let's stop pickling well, speaking around. Speaking of convictions, that's, a, that's the first question about convictions. Is it? Um, i got to find the questions. There we go. I have a Christian friend who curses when he is around coworkers and non-Christian friends. Is this a sin or a matter of conviction? So I guess for this question, I would need more context. Is that saying he cur- he cusses or curses when he's around um, coworkers, non-Christian friends, but don't do it when he's around Christian friends? That's the way I took it. All right. I mean, I didn't ask any questions when that came to me, but because if that's the case, mm-hmm. I don't feel like no examples. <laughs> I, I, f- I don't think this is something maybe he feels. I, maybe I should ask what words he. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is if he's doing it or she's doing it around coworkers and non-Christians, but not doing it around Christians. I don't think it's something they feel right about. I think it's something they're just trying to do. They're just doing out, of, and I think it'd be sin at that point because it seems like there's a masking of it. Um, and I don't know this person, so I, I I don't have no beef with them. Sure, it's just now if if you said a word that you didn't feel convicted about, and you just said it in front of everybody, that's a different story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying at this point, you're not trying to be hypocritical about it because if you're doing something around your non-Christian friends that you won't do in front of your Christian friends, then that's honestly hypocritical. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're playing two faced at that point, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that's very dangerous. Um, I I don't well, it want. Does, it does seem like though that they're maybe it's not conviction, but they are convicted. Mm-hmm. You know because they you know they know not to do it around their Christian friends. But um, and at that point, it could be a bad witness if mm-hmm. their non-Christian friends ever come to a hangout with their Christian <laughs> friends, and then they're like, 
He's different around. He's them. different around them. <laughs> yep. That could create uh, bad leaders, uh, leading them astray mm-hmm. a little bit. It definitely is um, um, hypocritical and also a bad witness. Yeah. Well, the one thing that religion does is religion will teach you to be something in the sanctuary that you're not going to be on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, I want to be the same person whether I'm preaching or I'm watching television on Thursday evening. Like, I just want to be the same. And I think if we're living any other life than that, then we're living a life of hypocrisy or, at best, you know, like a religious mindset to where I'm different one place than I am another place. And I don't think that's how we're supposed to live with Christ. We're supposed to walk in the Spirit wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. And so, um, you know, that's that's one of the things that sometimes gets under my skin when you hear Christians saying, well, you can't do that in the sanctuary. Well, if you can't do it in the sanctuary, you may, you may not want to do it, period. Like, yeah. um, And so I think it's only a mindset like that. Like, Now, I do think there are certain things like, you know, I don't think watching football is a sin necessarily. So but you're probably not going to watch football in the middle of the sermon. So I understand there's certain things like that that Better you uh, – <laughs> uh, <laughs> Some people would. Um, yeah. And so maybe that's where some people – I don't know. That's yeah. why I quit. Uh, I did a uh, fantasy football thing once. And you were doing it during service. No, wasn't I wasn't you? doing it during service, but I kept getting all these alerts during the service <laughs> because, you know, the football games mm-hmm. start around noon. And yeah. so I was getting all these alerts, so-and-so's not – eligible to play or whatever you know and it was just a major distraction so i yeah. had to turn my phone off altogether and then <laughs> well now you got me nervous because yeah. ethan's talked me into doing some kind of you better not have your phone what it, what is it called what'd you call it i don't even know what it's called fantasy, fantasy. a fantasy league, league. Yeah. For, for nba basketball yeah. i have no well, idea what i'm doing be different because all the football games are on sunday and half of them start do right do i have to actually as churches getting out do i have to actually watch the sport to actually be in the league. I, I I came in last place in my that, that particular. League. I think this is why they invited me. <laughs> I know that's why they invited me. I'm pretty sure this is why I'm invited is because they, they know I'm going to come in last place. <laughs> because I don't even know what fantasy leagues are. So and it got to be annoying too. And then it was like you know everything would be fine. And and then right as the service was starting, I just like this barrage of <laughs> alerts and so. People just gonna think you're really popular. I felt like I was watching TV, during, <laughs> watching football during church, so I eventually turned my phone off. So, I'm gonna have to be that, keeping an eye on Ethan. Up that there was the one. The yeah, <laughs> that was my one and only experience with fantasy football. He's gonna be, uh, you know, nobody can see. <laughs> <laughs> no accountability up there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm doing with the fantasy He's on the basketball league. <laughs> I'm I'm a hundred percent sure they asked me to join this league because they just probably need another person that they know is not going to like beat them at all, and so. Um, oh, it's, a com- it's competitive then. You know? uh-huh. yeah. I I don't even know. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Oh. If, if Ethan's in it, it's competitive. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna... It's you. You play for bragging rights, or sometimes there's a prize involved, or or the losers have to do a certain thing that's embarrassing yeah. or something like that. You know. I mean, I don't even know who's in the league, really. Like, I know some of the older guys because I used to watch. You probably won't know because they make these crazy names for their <laughs> for their team. <laughs> so. um, 
I just whatever I had the opportunity to go to a basketball game or something. I just usually go for the pretzels. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what I go for because arenas have the best pretzels, um, and a lot of them are really salty. Like this is the biggest thing. This is my pet peeve, and I'm going to get back to this question: is when you buy a pretzel somewhere and they put like three pieces of salt on it. Like, uh, um, yep. it is. It's a pretty serious deal. Um, you pay eight dollars for a pretzel, and they put three pieces of salt on it. And let's do better. Come on, we can do better than that. So with this Christian friend, though, I do think, though, that if they're doing something around their non-Christian friend and their coworkers that they won't do around their Christian friends, I don't know the person, so I'm not attacking them. Sure, I'm just saying that it seems a little bit hypocritical or, you know, dualistic, that we're, that we're playing different roles depending on who we're in front of. Yeah. And to me, that's a very dangerous game. That's, what I was gonna, that's the exact word I was thinking of, dangerous. Would that be double-minded? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know. Like, to me, that's <laughs> reminding me of the, the pagan god Dagon, half fish, half man. Like, you're trying to play both both areas. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be men around men, and you want to be fish around fish. And it just doesn't work like that. And that is the definition of the Greek word hypocrisy. Yeah. And it's... And the, the Greek word for hypocrisy is a Greek actor who would have put on different masks because back then they wouldn't let women act in the theater. Right. So a man had to play all the roles. So there was a moment that a man may actually have a conversation with himself and he would just change the mask. And he would have this mask that's on a stick. And so one moment he's talking as this person and the next person, next time he flips his mask and talks as another person. And it is that's literally the Greek definition of hypocrisy. And with this friend, I feel like they're walking along those lines. That the mask is, this mask is on in front of our non-Christian friends, and then this mask comes on in front of our Christian friends. And I think that at that point, um, that friend would really need to pray and check their heart. And um, and I'm not saying they're not a Christian or anything like that. I'm saying that they're living a life that is very dangerous, right. and they need to repent. Yeah. And they need to walk and ask the Holy Spirit to come sanctify their mind. <laughs> And repentance to happen. Um, did we get a winner, by the way? Uh, yes, yes, we did. Thank you. Um, y'all got me on this question. Uh, Jason Lee got his name in. Um, who rode the stone away? I mean, who rode the stone across the tomb when Jesus was buried? And it was Joseph. Um, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-nine through sixty. Joseph of Arimathea. And so. Um, congratulations, Brother Jason. Um, it's been a joy to get to know Jason lately. Um, they've been coming for a few months now, and mm-hmm. he's hungry for the Lord and um, really just hungry for the Word and always appreciate his hunger and what he shows, and he's right. always so intentive. Um, and so... Uh, That's good. <clears throat> we're going to have our next one here in a minute. Um, we have three or four minutes. Uh, Greg Harwell said, could be an immature Christian. The Lord is working on their language. So they are convicted around, convinced around Christians, but they get taken away with the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I I do understand and agree to a level with this yeah. idea, but I do think we're using the vocabulary and getting people off the hook too much. Yeah, like we're, you know, I'm looking at Paul and Peter and them, and and I couldn't see Paul going up to somebody and saying. You know, it's okay. You, you got, you know, do we all have room to grow in? Yes. Mm-hmm. But even, and I 100% agree that it could be. Yeah. But I don't think we can keep using vo- 
and I don't think Greg's doing this. I, I want to say I want to be guarding against this, <laughs> that we're giving people excuses to stay immature. Right. Um, and stay stagnant because one of the big things about our transformation is that we can go back to our friends that we have always had and be a light to them mm -hmm. and not just continue and to. I, and I've heard many testimonies of people that had could cuss like a sailor and then get saved and it, the Lord just take that away yeah mm -hmm. immediately yeah you know and it and it's um, you know that's just how God works <laughs> yeah so. I mean I, I do want to give us all because none of us are perfect so I'm not putting condemnation what I'm saying is we have to be challenged to walk in victory but if this is a progress if this is a situation that's been going on a long time and this is not something that's just new or developing. And this person's been born again or claimed to be a Christian for a long time. Then sooner or later, we're going to have to stop giving people the excuse that, well, I'm just a baby Christian. or I'm mm -hmm. gonna, you, can't, you can't be born again for 33 years and be a baby Christian still. Like, I'm not trying to be rude or crude or mean or derogatory. It's just sooner or later, we do have to start growing up. And You know, I've told the, told the story before. You know, my husband, Brother Ron, he had uh, his scriptures on on cards you know index cards that he, mm -hmm. he did for memory work and so one he was driving a tractor and trailer and so one day they were uh, he had to wait on a, a, the guys unloading his uh, truck at a factory uh, and uh, they were having their lunch and so he was sat down and he was you know doing his cards and everything like that and one of them was was had a real bad mouth he was cussing and everything so brother Ron he just Opened these cards up, you know, kind of like a, like, you know, like a deck, you know, and said, here, draw one. So the guy drew one, and his, the verse was, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Yep. <laughs> that was the verse, you know. Of course, the guy, you know, anyway, he knew exactly what was happening there. I mean, and, that, and it was totally random. I mean, it, so then he, he had this other guy, he's well, to have him draw one. That guy went, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> he's afraid that. Yeah. It'd be a message to him too, you know. You're afraid yeah. he'd be exposed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, and even when we are talking about immature or baby Christians, no one makes them sin. Like as a believer, we've got to. We either got to believe Romans six is true or not true. Yeah. I'm dead to sin and alive in Christ. I'm no longer enslaved to unrighteous, but I submit my members as slaves to righteousness. And as a believer. I'm no longer who I was. I have been made whole. I've right. been made free. I've been renewed. And I don't want to give my excuse myself excuses to continue to walk in sin um, because maybe this or that, like, because I know in my own heart. And now I also don't want to put condemnation, so I'm not, like, right. trying to say you're not a that, Christian or I hell. I think I do see what uh, Greg is trying to say there, that sometimes we, there are strongholds you know, as you become a believer sure. that you struggle with releasing to the Lord or giving yeah. the Lord control of the Holy Spirit. And so that that could very well be a possibility for that uh, person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That could be their stronghold or the the thing that the enemy tries and, to throw at them. Yeah. And they're able to walk in victory Whereas, when they're around believers, but yeah. but falter whenever they're not. You know, and so I could I could see that. It's probably less likely than than uh, our first scenario, but yeah, I think it would be a motivation of the. I don't want to keep throwing the heart out there, but it is. I think it's a motivation of the heart, like. Are you fighting against it? Are you trying not to do it? Are you not doing this? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Greg said, I was uh, I was speaking from my own experience. For the most part, my mouth was cleaned up, but my whole circle was outside the church. So I found myself saying as they said. 
And, and I would say, um, you know, I think we're all growing in some areas. And I'm not saying we're not going to grow. We're not going to be born again tomorrow. We're perfect. I just never want to give us an excuse to stay there. And uh, I think we should always be pushing for sanctification and holiness and, and pushing forward. And, um, you know, there's some things that there's things that's fallen off of me all the time. And there's things that are being more revealed to me. And there's things in my own heart and all these things. And I, I do think, though, eventually we're going to have to understand that um, we're not slaves to anything. As believers, we're not slaves to it. He has set us free. And a lot of times it's getting revelation that we're set free. And then there's sometimes that there's doors that we open that, you know, we get set free from. But either Romans 6 is true or it's not true for me. Um, and even though I may struggle with some things, I don't have to stay there. And it's kind of like this. Um, unless Greg said, I agree, we must grow or we die. And uh, we, we need to be pushing forward. And I'm not saying tomorrow we're perfect. But I'm saying tomorrow we should be different than we are today. Um, and because we are being conformed in the image of the sun. And every day I, I believe that is happening. All right, let's do our second trivia of the morning. We're going to take a quick break after that and then come back, finish out a couple more questions. And then, of course, we got Brother Jim Waters from the Bluegrass Institute going to be on at 830 today. Monday, question number two, sponsored by Higdon Land Surveying. What city has gates made of pearls? What city has gates made a pearl? We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. This is Box 2 Radio Network, WBFI, 91.5 FM, McDaniels, Litchfield, 91.1 FM, High School, Glasgow, Kentucky, and WBFI, 98.3 FM, Owensboro, Kentucky. We are Box 2 Radio Network, elevated talk, inspired music. JCE Cleaning Service is an underwriter of the mission of Box 2 Radio Network. They offer residential and commercial cleaning services, stripping and waxing services to the Grayson and Breckenridge County areas. For more information, their number is 270-230-7407. Thanks again to JCE Cleaning Services on being an underwriter of the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Mornings with Box 2 Radio. Don't answer, have a question answer for that question yet. Um, I'll read the question again. What city has gates made of pearl? What city has gates made of pearl? All right, um, we'll do our second question of the morning here um, in the Bible Q&A. And, of course, if you have any questions, 270-230-6337 is the number you can text or call in. Um, and we'll get your question out live on the air the, as soon as we possibly can. Um, or if you have engagement or something to say about the question or answering, you're welcome to text in as well for that. Um, do you believe that Saul, Paul's encounter in the road to Damascus in Acts 9 was a vision or an actual event? Um, my personal opinion is I believe it's an actual event. Me three. Same here. All right. Well, good. Um, number three. <laughs> We're good. Um, I recently heard a preacher. Um, oh, Greg Carwell said me too. So that's like, <laughs> that's five. Uh, <laughs> I've actually, uh, when I, I got that question. Are we going to elaborate at all? 
And I'd never even considered that it wasn't yeah. actually yeah. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody having a dream or a vision and their life is, completely changing as Paul as Matthew speaking. Did. Yeah. I mean, it says a light suddenly. Jacob, you uh, didn't sound like yourself. Shown around him, yeah. falling to the ground. You know, you sounded I mean, it gives like, a lot of description. Actually, I thought it was Daniel yeah. Tillman at first. Well, then he had to go to, uh, to Agabus. It, you, you sounded know, like Daniel Tillman. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and a nice. his vision came. Yeah. Well, who was it? Okay. All right. It's a different Ananias. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we got an answer. I like that story a lot, actually. <laughs> we got an answer for the trivia. Okay. Jacob Swift got it right. The New Jerusalem. And it was literally, actually, he's in his truck, and I thought it was, um, he sounded just like Daniel Tim, and I thought Daniel Tim was calling him. <laughs> um, but we got an answer for that trivia question here. And so that has been answered. Jacob Swift got it right again. New Jerusalem, Revelation 21, 21. Um, <clears throat> Greg Carwile said it knocked him off his horse and blinded him. That's pretty real to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tend to agree, Greg. Um, usually a vision doesn't knock you off your horse. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying as you took the call. I don't, I've never, never even considered that. Yeah. I've never heard anybody consider no. it before I got that question. So yeah. anyway. All righty. Well, I don't know if there's much to elaborate. I mean, no, there's not. <laughs> the dude fell off his horse. <laughs> All right. Um, number three. Now, I read this question last night, late, and after doing my taxes, because I'm a procrastinator and waited literally till the day before the deadline. Um, and he said this I recently heard a preacher, a preacher talk about private praise. What exactly is private praise? Now, I read this question. And I was kind of interested myself. Do you know what they're talking? I don't really know. Is there a movement of private praise? Is there? I have no idea. The only thing I can calculate in my head is maybe they're talking about praising in private. Yeah. And that's what that's what that's I what I, I yeah like. that's kind of what I was thinking. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely believe you should praise in private. You should praise in public. You should praise all around. It's like um, it's that old commercial uh, ba- pizza bagels. I think it was. Bagels in the morning, bagels in the evening, bagels at supper time. Well, I th- it's kind of like every time. Gospel song. <laughs> this is Jesus in the morning. Jesus. Yeah. Well, no, there was a commercial with the bagels. Are you saying they stole that song? Yes, I do. <laughs> or good God the, Almighty. No, good the, God Almighty steal that from the. Pizza I think place? they got it from the bagel place. All right, because I've never heard that commercial. <laughs> there is. There's a, Maybe you had a, a vision. All right. <laughs> Listeners, if you ever heard that commercial too, just send me a thumbs up or something on my text machine. All right. It, there was and a. Co- it's not a text machine. It was a commercial. <laughs> it was a commercial. And it's something like bagels in the morning, bagels in the evening. And it, every time I hear. Um, how, good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. I think of this. As a, oh everybody else is singing Jesus in the morning. Yeah. And I'm thinking bagels in the morning, bagels in the evening. <laughs> Woo, glory. All right. Um, and so I think it was a pizza bagel commercial, or maybe it was, it wasn't Eggos. <laughs> it would, I mean, waffles are not something you eat all day. That'd be hard to sing. Yeah. Waffles in the morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think it's a bagel commercial. But I think when you get to praise, I think praise is the same way. Like, oh, we should live a life of praise. So do I think all praise should be private? No. Do I think all praise should be public? Not necessarily. I think praise can happen anytime. And um, I heard a take different forms. Too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard a. I, well, I read a meme sometimes over the weekend, and it said, 
oh, I want to make sure I word this right because I am horrible at reiterating things. Um, it said something to the effect of this. If today you only had what you praised God for yesterday, mm-hmm. what would you have today? For Pastor Andrew, be bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Food. <laughs> um, that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, I thought it was a good point. Mm-hmm. It's challenging. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I think there is private praise, but I don't think it can be exclusively private because I think you need public praise. What was the question again? Um, when do you eat bagels? <laughs> <laughs> what is private praise? I recently heard a preacher talk about private praise. What exactly is private praise? Mm-hmm. So that would be my best guess what it is. If anybody else has got any insight that I don't have. I think you've said that, haven't you? Like, uh, you know, if, if you don't uh, if you don't praise him, praise him in private, you know it's hard to, for you to do it in public. You know, uh-huh. uh, meaning you should do it all the time. Yeah. I think it's the point you were, you know you were trying to make. Yeah. And um, and you know same with prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's it's good to to public and and to be public and in in, in agreement <laughs> together and. So, yep. I think it just shows the Lord your faithfulness to him because you know, if the only time we're praising him is in front of other people, you know, we have to look at the motivation of our heart and make sure that it doesn't take a group to activate our praise. Yeah. That our praise can we praise any time. Yeah. Um I have a very important text. Okay. <laughs> I have one listener who remembers the bagel commercials. Uh and so, see, I'm not crazy, um, but I do think it is right, like with the praise, that if you're willing, if all you do is only public and you never learn the secret place of prayer, and I do think even to an extent the secret place of praise, then are you doing it for the show of others or are you doing it because you're really praising God publicly? Um, and if the, if the only time you ever lift your hands is in a church service, you should try doing it when you're alone. Like, I can drive down the road, and well, I usually try not to lift both hands when I'm driving down the road. You know, it's just one-handed. It's the, yeah. it's the one-handed lift in the car because you want to have the other one on the, the wheel. Um, let's see. Greg Carwell said, maybe praising him for all the blessings in private as not to be boastful in public. Um, I think there's, pro- there's probably some praises you want to do in private. Yeah. Um, and so, but I... I guess that's what the preacher was talking about with private praise, because that's the only thing I can really think of. Because <clears throat> I've actually never heard that worded term, like that. The mm-hmm. term. I hadn't either. So I didn't know if there was like a new revelation or something that was hopping around that people was um, like um, deeming a new trend or yeah. something. I don't, surely not. But. I'm, I'm usually behind in trends and all that because I'm not very hip and cool and relevant i'm the old boring gray haired 36 year old Mm -hmm. that pretty much has no ability to keep up with cultural trends um like people say all these singers and all these things i don't know who they are and then again i'm pretty sure the only reason i'm in this fantasy basketball league is unless you're unless you're over 35 years old in the league i really don't know who you are um and so I just go for the popcorn and pretzels. <clears throat> and that's pretty much why I watch it or go to a game. Um, let's see here. Number four, 
is there a deeper meaning to Second Chronicles twelve fourteen? Uh, so let's turn over there. Miss Gretchen, you there? I uh, will be in a second. <laughs> second Chronicles what? Uh, twelve fourteen. Twelve fourteen. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord, which would be Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. Hmm. So where did this question come from, Jay? Um, I don't remember that one. I think it's, I've had that in a little while. You've had this one for a little while? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I mean, I don't think there's a deeper meaning. It's a good verse. Yeah. It's telling of, uh, of how important it is to prepare our hearts and, and, and how important it is to seek the Lord, but I don't, I don't know about a deeper meaning. Um, my Bible is par- paralleling or referencing to Second Chronicles eleven sixteen, and from the ESV it says, "And those who had set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel came after them from all the tribes of Israel to Jerusalem to sacrifice the Lord the God our fathers. They strengthened the kingdom of Judah, and for three years they made Rehoboam the son of Solomon secure, for they walked for three years in the way of David and Solomon." Um, I think here. I don't know if there's like a prolific undermining meaning or anything. I think it's just given us the insight that there is a certain level of responsibility that we're setting our hearts to seek the Lord. Yeah. That there's an intentionality and a purposefulness to it. That if we do not seek the Lord, ways of evil is almost an inherent consequence of not seeking the Lord. My study Bible it indicates that, that Rehoboam, may have been serving the Lord for about three years before he veered off path. Yeah. Well, that would parallel with what we yeah. just read. And and, uh, and maybe he wasn't with his whole heart because, yeah. you know, but he, you know, it was at least walking out the steps, so to speak. Yeah. This this reverend said uh, Rehoboam's religion mm-hmm. was a reluctant formal service. His heart was not engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm. So. Yeah. And I would say that, like, if if you have a um, if you have a sin problem, mm-hmm. and I get it, we all have the propensity. We should never think of ourselves so highly that we think we're untouchable or that we can't fall into sin or fall into temptation. Like, I never want us to go there because pride will come before the fall. But if we do, and we are continuously walking in a sin habitual problem, then. I think we could look at our heart and say, are we seeking the Lord? Like, are we just going to church and singing a couple songs? Or is our heart set to seek the Lord? And I think that Rehoboam right here, the writer of Chronicles, is telling us that because Rehoboam has not chose to seek the Lord, evil is the consequence of it. Because if you do not submit your heart to the Lord, you are in essence submitting your heart to darkness. Um, Because as much as we want to say there's not a middle ground, like, I mean, there's a middle ground, and we're just kind of like, people say, well, I'm not really serving the Lord, but I'm not really doing anything bad either. Um, if you're not serving the Lord and you're not walking for Him, you are walking against Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a natural recourse of walking against the ways of the Lord is for evil to abound and fellowship of darkness to happen. And this is why we should walk in the, walk in the Spirit, um, because I think... Um, you know, Brother Lance covered this verse last night. If we walk in the Spirit, we shall not satisfy the lust of the flesh. Yeah, that's a good verse. 
And so, in essence, if we seek the Lord with our heart and follow in the Spirit, then we we won't we won't partake of evil. We don't want to have fellowship that would be of a darkness. Good, uh, verse to share with a person from the very first question. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how they connect? Well, I like with the you know looking at the Strong's Concordance um, and the looking at the Hebrew, the word to seek or not to seek. Sorry, um, that he did not set his heart um, could also be he did not determine in his heart. Mm-hmm. Or he did not establish his heart to uh, seek the Lord or worship the Lord or follow. So he, w- I just think about with determine, determining in your heart or establishing its intention. It's intentional. Yeah. You don't just wake up and oh, I think yeah, I'll serve the Lord. Like it's like a decision and commitment yeah. is what I think of. So choose ye this day who you shall serve. Intentionally. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's knock out the last question, and then we'll make room for Brother Jim Waters here in a minute. Elaborate on Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. While we're turning there, though, do you think that people try to, like that question said, is there a deeper meaning? Do you think people sometimes people try too hard to find, like, typology and things like that in Scripture? I don't yeah. really know what the criteria is for that. That, that. That's something I've always struggled with. Well, people will say, "Well, well, this is a type of whatever," you know, and, I, and I'm like, How, yeah. "Where, where do you make that connection?" You know. Well, here I feel like it's twofold for me. I okay. feel like a lot of times when people do that, it's twofold. The first one is there is a possibility that people's wanting to find a hidden meaning of the text because they actually don't want to do what the text is saying. Okay. So. That's a little hard. So is there something else that's meaning that's a little bit easier? Is there a way to belittle it or desensitize this text? Is there a way to undergird the text? Is, can we use a typology to say this text has already been fulfilled? We don't have to do it. Like, I think there's a, sometimes a hidden momentum, a, a hidden agenda in typology. Yeah. Not always. I'm saying sometimes. I'm very clear about that. And the second thing is I think at times we're always looking for something new. Mm-hmm. In the text, and I think the, especially the charismatic and the Pentecostal church, we're always waiting for a new revelation, because we think it's a new revelation that's going to change the world. It's actually not a new revelation we're waiting on to change the world. It's trying to do the first revelation, and if we'll ever just do what the New Testament church did, then we'll influence the world for the glory of God. But instead of doing that, what we try to do is say, what's this next fad? What's this next trend? What's this next thing? And, and we see that a lot because, you know, it's like, uh, remember there was a season in the church. This is a little bit before I was old enough to really grasp it, like the bishop movement. We have bishops now. It's going to change the world. And then it was the apostolic. We have apostles. Now we're going to change the world. Well, in reality, what we're original, what we're really doing is just getting back to what the Scripture talks about. So it's nothing new, mm-hmm. but yet we're always dependent on this new fad or this new trend or this new revelation to be the thing that changes and marks everything. It'll never be a new revelation or a new fad. What it's going to be is the body being the body. And so we're, we're waiting on um, the Lord to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the Lord's waiting on us to read. Not saying he doesn't speak. I right. think he still does speak, 100%. But his truest word that he'll ever speak, he's already given to us in the word. Yeah. And so, and I'm not saying he doesn't, he definitely does speak. I know the Lord speaks. He speaks every single day. Mm-hmm. 
but he will speak within the confines of his word. Yes, and with me though, every now and then though, somebody will will reveal something about the word, you know, maybe from the Hebrew or the the Greek, and 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 I'll I'll think like, oh golly, that that's so amazing. I, I wish I could have seen that, you know. Sure. And uh, uh, and I and I realize that there's. They're they're probably and, and not, not saying that it's so deep that you have to, but I do feel like that the Lord you know He does say study to show thyself approved you mm-hmm. know, and uh, and so I, I I think that's probably where we fail sometimes you know we just study yeah we don't study we you know we just read and then and then expect it to just pop out at us you know yeah and mm-hmm. uh, and, and it doesn't happen that way you you really do have to study and apply yourself, but but then when when something does come come up like that, it's you know, it's something that you can just uh, you know you know take take in your heart you know and uh, walk with it and and it and it uh, increases your faith. It you know it helps you to walk you know and, and and so it's just amazing to me that that it's there in the Word and and He wants to reveal it to us. If yeah. We'll just grab it and read it yeah. and study mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. But we could have, and I, I, I do love that. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like in my own life, a lot of things were revealed whenever I started d- studying deeper into mm-hmm. spiritual warfare yeah. and deliverance mm-hmm. stuff. So I understand that. But, you know, I also want to say, like, with the new revelation, if we don't apply the new revelation, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we happen a lot is, for me, seeing the word work in my life is the best thing. Mm-hmm. And getting deeper into the word and realizing, okay, the, it's really in the word. Mm-hmm. And but a lot of the times it's not even that it's extremely deep. It's just we don't go to the word with our mining hat on our pickaxe. We go to the word with a from a thirty thousand square foot view mm-hmm. and just expect it to to change our life. And and, and I think I think we we probably have times you know that we just it is just read just read and just let it you know just let it soak in you know mm-hmm. and then there's times I think we need to study. You know, I think, you know, we just have to really give ourselves to the word and mm-hmm. yeah. whenever. And, um, you know, some some people just like to just well, this morning I, I was I did in my devotion and uh, there's always there's always scripture references that goes with it. And I, I always want to read them. But today there was one that just I like, wow, that's good. <laughs> and it. Uh, and it really helped. Well, it just gave me a, re- a revelation, you know. And mm-hmm. so, and it, and it was just, I was just reading, you know. But, and I, so I just appreciate that so much that the Lord, you know, did that today, this morning for me. So, yep. but other mornings, I just, I read it. And I see how it applies to the, with the devotion and, you know, good. But, yeah. but the day there was a verse that really stood out and ministered to me. And I feel like I'll be able to use it to minister to others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, before we uh, go to break and get Brother Jim on the phone, you know, there's that video, meme, whatever. I don't remember what it was, actually. But I think it was funny, but I think it's very true. If the church loved the Word as much as they did their phone, Mm -hmm. what would the church do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, you know, if people carried around their Bible like they carried around their phone and they stayed in their Bible as much as they stayed in their Word, um, you know, it's the church could literally 
what would the church do if the church loved the word? That's the only thing I can really say. Like, and but it, but it really, the church loving the word is going to start first from the preacher starting to preach the word again, um, because a lot of times I've heard a lot of sermons that had nothing to do with the word, nothing to do with the word. Message. Yes. <laughs> Um, Joey Sosh says, my biggest pet peeve is I'm not a preacher, so I don't understand it like you do. Well, I don't, um, I hope you can understand it better than I do because I'm a preacher and I feel the more I read, the more I realize, man, I need to read more. (laughs) I mean, I feel like a novice and I've been studying the word for a long, for a while now. I mean, I'm no, I didn't start reading the word last year or nothing like that. Um, I've been in the word for about 18 years now. And I just feel I feel more now than ever to say, I want to study it afresh. Like oh, I want to know. I want to know. You referenced uh, Brother Norman Cave. I think he was in his eighties when he passed away. But I've I've heard many times, you know, before that was when he was probably eighty, saying how much he, you know, loved the Word and and that he learned something new all the time and wanted to learn more. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I want to learn more. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I'm I'm. I think we should all get to that point to mm-hmm. where there's a hunger for the word and there's a hunger to know truth and there's a hunger to to really dive deep and to get the mining the head on and get the pickaxe out and say, let's really let's really get into this. And even um you know, even whenever you just get to study for like I preached from Isaiah forty three yesterday. Well, getting to read in there, I've seen stuff I've never seen. And so it's like the now there's and I, I talked about this yesterday, there's one meaning to every text like there was an intentionality of the writer writing that text like paul didn't write this word and say well i can mean 18 different ways like he meant one word Mm -hmm. and it's our responsibility to dive into what that word means but then it's our responsibility by the gift by the by the holy spirit teaching of course yeah to see how that applies to our life and that could be in different ways right yeah and um you know you got to be careful too not to uh you know try to force a passage to you know, to be, you know, talking about America, for example, mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, because, you know, the Bible wasn't written for America. And that's, uh, Brother Lance mentioned that last night. Really, he, yeah. He, he was saying, you know, that we're so guilty of mm-hmm. applying everything that it means, you know, the United States and right. America when it's not, it's it's to Israel. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But, but, but also the Bible was written for you mm-hmm. as, a, you know, and, as individuals. And so. he did... Uh, say you know that we were grafted in you know right so we you know we're still you know we can apply the word you know to you know to yeah. our lives too you yeah know? i mean like when david and goliath happened and the story was written they didn't think i'm going to use this so aaron could parallels himself into it one day yeah. it was meant to actually it actually was meant to show us what happened between david and goliath mm-hmm. now yeah. what we do is look at the principle behind mm-hmm. david and goliath and say mm-hmm. This is how the Lord intervened. This is how David operated. Mm-hmm. I need to be like David in this area. Mm-hmm. And if God did it for David, he can do it for me. Mm-hmm. But I can't insert myself in the text and say, I was I conquered Goliath. Well, no, David conquered Goliath. Now, is there personal Goliath in our life? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there things that God's going to give us the ability to do? Mm-hmm. And I think this is where we have to understand the Bible correctly. You know, and Brother Lance, that's I emphasize, you know, the, so many people are guilty of replacement theology, you know, mm-hmm. that... Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're putting, you know, ourselves there, which for really for Israel. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we have Brother Jim Waters from the Bluegrass Institute on with us. How are you doing, brother? 
Hey, good morning. I'm I'm doing fine. That sounded like a great discussion you were having there. So <laughs> we were having. I was blessed by that little bit I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amen. Uh, but, but I have been. But uh, I was in a service last night. We prayed for. Uh, uh, we prayed for the people of Israel. We prayed for the innocent people uh, of Gaza. You know, and the Palestinians and and uh, both who are suffering. You know, and uh, so for, the the enemy has no good intention in mind, right? I mean, Goliath had no good intention for David. He was out to take off his head, right? Mm -hmm. So, so praise God, uh, the story turned out the way it did. (laughs) But, but we did, but, uh, but I am remember, I I did want to mention that today. I've had the honor and privilege of speaking at several uh, Stand for Israel nights, and of course we pray for, uh, uh, you know, this isn't a political statement. We pray for everybody involved. And affected, so yeah, yeah, we should be. So. Uh, yeah, as we should. Be. The com- well, first and foremost, the scripture commands us to. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right, and yeah. we do stand with Israel. Um, but well, there, 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 there are, and there are, um, you know, there are Christians in among the Palestinians as well. You sure. know, and uh, our brothers and sisters there too. So I, I, but we stand with Israel and their right to uh, defend themselves against this terrorist. Uh, you know, uh, organization just just like they stood with us in America when we were attacked on nine eleven. Uh, right. No one stood with us more or stronger than they did. So, uh, so I have no problem saying that this morning. I stand, I stand uh, firmly. You know, and 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 I think it's interesting that Benjamin Netanyahu is is the leader at this time because I think he's. He's the right person, but that's my view. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. That, that, he's kind of their yeah, uh, Winston Churchill at this moment. I think he's a strong leader, and plus his background uh, over there, he's uniquely qualified to uh, address the situation. So, uh, you know, it's it's a terrible humanitarian situation developing. But, you know, it, it ever, I, I, I think we have to have a balance here, too, and remember what happened when Hamas attacked uh, you know some of these towns and destroyed whole towns and whole families. You know, so there's yeah. been enough on both sides. The enemy loves that. He's, you know, he's he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. So yeah, we know where that came from. Well, so. I mean, we are well aware that Israel's getting ready to, or already has invaded Gaza. Um, we're still seeing the things unravel here, but they're getting ready to. But the thing that one of the differences is is that Israel has been given days of advance and saying, "Get out, yeah. get out, get right. out." And now right. Egypt and a couple of them, they were preventing them from getting out. And Hamas was, of course, holding the Palestinians captive in Gaza. Uh, but, uh, right. but you know, they right. have been they've been releasing flyers. They've been releasing warnings. Get out um, because yeah, we're coming yeah, in. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I was it was the 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 level of horrific, uh, you know, um, brutal attacks by Hamas. Uh, is just beyond human. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, these guys glided into some of these towns, you know, and and yeah. and they just um, uh, one of the bright spots. So I heard about a. Uh, you may have heard about the twin ten-month-old ten babies. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did. Their parents were their parents were killed, but they had put them behind some kind of barrier that they couldn't get to them, and they yep. were safe. So you yeah. know, just that. But I'll tell you, that's how brutal it was. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's not forget, you know, that that's what bothers me, if I can, about 
the coverage of this by some of our progressive, so-called progressive, I call them regressive progressive media, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the mainstream media here is they'll, you know, they, they'll they'll go all out to on the protest to talk about supposedly, you know, the the suffering caused by uh, Israel's response, but you know they totally downplay what Hamas did, and I think that's wrong. So yeah. anyhow, you know, uh, one of the stories that got me. The most, brother Jim, there was that group of young people at the the music festival. Now I don't, I'm not know much about the music festival, so I don't know if it's a good event or a bad event or whatever. But whenever they started to hear the warnings, these young people were going into bomb shelters, a lot of them, and there was they would cram full in these bomb shelters, and Hamas was going in there, breaking open the doors to the boss the bomb shelters and throwing grenades into the piled up one. And these were young well, people, 20, 30, I mean, 20, 21, 22 years old. That there, there's a special place, and you know where, for those people. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but yeah. that is just beyond, uh, that's beyond, uh, comp, you know, it's just beyond our comprehension of what they did to that Israeli woman and just paraded yeah. her around in her, in her body without clothes and just despicable. Yeah, and. Yeah. They're heartbreaking. And if you're in, if you've got any human about, it, I don't care if you're a 21 year old hippie with a beard, as long as the ground on some liberal college campus where you're getting some kind of education you're paying for that you're not going to do anything with. If you have any kind of human within you at all, you have to acknowledge the, uh, you know, the absolute evil. Of yes, that. and I agree. Look, uh, look, I put a Facebook up, a post up that said. You know, when your enemy threatens to kill you, take them seriously. They mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and uh, I think I think Israel probably learned some things intelligence-wise, but uh, but you know, they had kind of relaxed things, and that was that was helping the the Palestinian people because some of those border crossings are necessary for them to get to work and take care of their families. But see, Hamas wasn't about the Palestinian people. Hamas is about about evil. They don't care. They're like ISIS, or you know. They're they're like Al Qaeda. They don't they don't care about any. They don't care about life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then, because of that, many people are suffering on that side. Terrible suffering, and you know, hospitals not being able to take care of people who were. Can you imagine being in a hospital and you know them saying, "Hey, you know, there's nothing we can do. We're going to have to evacuate and all this." So I mean, it's a lot of suffering on both sides. We as the people of God ought to use this opportunity to stand up and say. You know, uh, we fight not against flesh and blood. This is against. This is the bad. This is evil. Yeah. Versus righteousness. That's what this is. You know, and, and uh, we got a bunch of. Sorry, I'm preaching now, but <laughs> but we we've got a bunch of jellyback preachers that, you know, they're afraid. They say, well, you know, I got people in my church who might get offended if I speak out on political issues. You know, that's why we're in the mess we're in. Is because we haven't done that. So. I, I am always grateful for Box 2 Radio, for Bethel Minister. I, I will always be mo- the most grateful for many things, but the most grateful that you have continued on. Brother Ron was so committed to, you know, to uh, taking back these areas that the enemy had taken, you know, the media and education and, and, and business. And it's time for the people of God. And, and I, I'm thankful that you all have continued this to uh, say that being the church is not about being in the four walls on Sunday morning. It's about 
living our faith. It certainly is about coming together. I, I agree, but it's it, if that's all we do, then you know, really, what what fruit are we producing? What good are we doing? So, uh, I would remind everybody this morning as well that uh, salvation uh, came from a Jew. <laughs> Jesus, you know, yeah. salvation mm-hmm. came from Jesus, you know, so uh, whatever your opinion might be, whatever your politics might be, uh, you know, God has a special place where in his heart and in his uh, eye, if you will, for his people, and uh, we need to be thankful for that. So anyhow, I'm sorry I preached, but... No, uh, I like, I like know, the term jelly I know jelly on Monday morning, you know, most preachers don't preach on Monday morning, yeah. but... Uh, but, <laughs> but anyhow, though, I've just, uh, I've, I never, brother, brother Jim, I'd never heard the term jelly backed. So I'm going to have to use that one. I, I actually wrote it down. <laughs> well, um, uh, it's, uh, just think about it a little bit <laughs> but, uh, and picture it. But, but, you know, sir, I mean, I, I can appreciate the position. Obviously, uh, I've been there and you've been there about, you know, you're dealing with people and their, their opinions and views, but, uh, but when it comes to uh, some of these things, you know, I just wish we had stronger, bolder faith, you know. Let God give us stronger, bolder faith and help us to stand up and declare the truth. And, you know, if, if it's the truth, then if you like it, fine. If you don't, take it up with the one who gave us the truth, you know, and and take it up with him. I'm just the messenger. You're just the messenger. So praise God for... Um, a great a great discussion but uh god is good and he you know whatever you might think he has a special place for his people and i'll tell you this right now uh america wouldn't be here let's remind ourselves of this too america would not have won that revolutionary war Mm -hmm. for independence if it had not been for jewish people financing that war some of them going broke Mm -hmm. our nation has a debt that it owes to the jewish people yeah, and Solomon. Israel, uh, when I can think, I can't remember his first name, but uh, Haman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Haman Solomon, and uh, if it had not been for him, for example, he went totally broke, died in, in poverty. Yeah. But look at the invest. Look at how his investment paid off, and uh, you know that that's a that he was. If he was willing to sacrifice, a a Jewish man willing to sacrifice for the freedom and independence we have. Man, we ought to thank God for that. I mean, we ought to be grateful. Uh, we ought to stand up and, you know, shout about yeah. what God has done for this country. And and uh, we ought to stand by our our uh, friends in Israel. And I know it's not fashionable. It's not fashionable on college campuses, and it's not fashionable in the intellectual community. Uh, but, you know, I'm not about fashionable. I'm about truth. Jesus said... Uh, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And he said, the truth will set you free. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So let's be all about the truth. And that's, if I can make a segue, that's really the Bluegrass Institute has committed, been committed to talking about the truth in public policy, whether it pleases the Republicans or Democrats or not. Right. I mean, it's really not about pleasing anyone. It's about speaking the truth. And then, uh, you know, we need to get out there and stand in front with a banner of truth and then let people who will believe it, people who will support it, people who will stand by it, come come and gather around us and, and help us. Right. And that's really what we're doing. So, yeah. uh, you well, know, I think it's part of our, any ministry. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I, I really yeah. appreciate you all getting that truth out there. Um, I did want to ask a question. Um, the uh, And I know you're focused at, at BIPS there on, on more of the uh, of uh, the state of Kentucky, but um, we're looking for a Speaker of the House, a new Speaker of the House. Uh, d- yeah. In your opinion, do we see any that are kind of shaping up that interest you or any candidates there? Well, I, I had a chance to meet Jim Jordan mm-hmm. uh, last year at an event I spoke at. He was uh, he was also there uh, mm-hmm. in northern up in northern Kentucky, um, and I was really impressed, you know, with him and his. Uh, he has kind of a unique ability to, I think, speak to, if you will, all parts of the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, he, but he's very much a, a believer in conservative principles, free market principles. You know, I think Steve Scalise is as well. Uh, maybe not quite as. Uh, I think he's more. Uh, uh, he's probably a little more of the traditional, you know, Republican. Okay. And so I don't think he's a bad leader either. He's he's, you know, uh, he was shot at that baseball game a few years ago. Scalise was almost lost his life. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, came back and has served and uh, has served with Kevin McCarthy. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know that um, uh, Thomas Massey, our congressman in northern Kentucky, who I is a friend of mine, and I, uh, I have a lot of respect for him. He's willing to a lot of times, uh, you know, speak out, and, and uh, he did not support Scalise. So, uh, just for the record, that that's part of what's going on. But, uh, but I think he, I, I personally think that. Either one of them would would be would be uh, adequate in that spot. I think more maybe more importantly is um, Republicans acting like con- true conservatives. Right. You know that that's what we need. And 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 so many times the leader is I know the leader is chosen by the party, but but also the leader is a reflection of the party. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think you know being committed to uh, less government, more individual freedom. Uh, you know, we have a huge uh, debt. Uh, Senator Paul talks a lot about the, our our uh, our debt and our deficit in this country. And I think that when the compromise was made to raise the debt ceiling, I just think there were people that said they had enough. They felt like the compromise was is always uh, in the benefit of those who want more government and more spending. And, and this is a spiritual issue, too, because uh, when government takes more of what you have, that means you have less to invest, less to give, less to invest in the kingdom of God and the work of God and, and in other people. So, you know, our, our country was founded on free market principles. That are, one of those is individual liberty, that, that uh, you know, government doesn't have the right to take from you uh, what you have, and I think we've we're seeing you know some folks finally maybe stand up and say, you know, after this compromise on the debt ceiling, that they just felt like that that was just you know more than they than they could uh, accept. And so I, I I would also add on this that America is not great because of its government. America we're we're not a great nation because of our government. 
Uh, now, there's a case to be made that we're a great nation because of the form of government that we have, which is representative republicanism. We are not a pure democracy. Right. A democracy is ruled by majority. We are not that. We are ruled by representation. And so we are a representative republic. So, but even at that, we're not, we're not a great, powerful, prosperous nation because of gov- our government. We are a great nation because of our individual people who founded this country who were people of faith, people of principle, people who came here because they wanted freedom. Were they perfect? No. Were they, did they know everything that we can look back and see? No. Was there an issue with slavery? Yes. But think about this. Our Constitution is the greatest, is the, I think the second greatest uh, publication ever written next to the next to the scriptures. I, I really believe that. Yeah, I do because, too. And I'm not saying that just because I'm an American either. Yeah, it, it was because it was based on it, here. I right, and I, I get that. And we say it because because it's it acknowledged that um, we are endowed by our Creator. Mm-hmm. Did it not say that or not? Yeah. It did. We are endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights. So in other words, there was a true recognition by our founders in the Declaration of Independence and Constitution, which I I put together as a kind of like the Old and New Testaments, (laughs) as the greatest greatest, uh, thing ever written. I believe it was anointed by God because they recognized from the outset we are not granting the right to liberty to people. We, who are we to do that when God has already given, granted the right to life and liberty and the right to live your life, pursue your God-given destiny and dreams and goals and make, and, and, and yes, make your own mistakes, take your own risks. That was all they believed, truly believed that that was from God. The government did not give it to you, and therefore government does not have the right to take it from you. And so I fully stand with Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who is very, now he's kind of walked back a little bit on on the abortion issue because of the heat and because of the misunderstanding, I think, about this. Right. But you know, if a child is conceived as the result of whatever, and you can fill in the blank there. There's all kinds of situations. I mean, do we really take that life and justify that? I, I think if we do that and we justify it, I, I think we're in a position of beginning to really uh, deny or to down to uh, downgrade the importance of life. So right. that that and that doesn't come. Life doesn't come from. From government, but we need to. But the pro, I wish the pro, some of the pro life like establishment also was as strong on some of these other areas. That mm-hmm. our liberty doesn't come from government, our, our right to pursue our economic prosperity. God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Who is government? Who, you know, what right does government have to come and take what I have in order to spend it 
in some wasteful way that they determine. They don't have a right to do that. There's nowhere, and our founders did not believe that. So, right. so I, I just we're great because of our people, and I say that not because uh, certainly we're all flawed, and and the Bible says that you know we've all sinned, and I get that, but we are great because of our faith. Uh, the, the founders said that um, oh, this whole experiment in representative republicanism will only work if men are restrained by their faith. That means if we have freedom, that's a great responsibility. There is a great right and a great responsibility. So yeah. it's very important that Christians understand, very important, that we understand that if we stand up against government taking government, doing wrong, that is biblical. That is what we are supposed to do. And the prophets did it, uh, the church has done it, and if we all will do it, we can make a difference in our community, and we'll have better leaders. Now, I know in that area right there, there's some great, terrific representatives that we have, and I, I, I'm thanking God. I think we have more Christian representation in the General Assembly uh, maybe than we've ever had. People willing, individuals willing to speak out. But that would not have happened if the people of God, like, the, and this ministry is a part of it, if the people of God had not, had not become committed to having godly leaders. And right. that's why we have them. Yeah. So, hey, yeah. Um, speaking of, um, you mentioned, you referenced Daniel Cameron and, uh, and all that. Um, uh, are there any plans for a gubernatorial debate I haven't heard of any, but I, I, you know, I don't follow. Maybe as well. Yes, they had. They actually had one last week. And they're having. Um, they're having. Uh, well, they had. They had one last week in Paducah. They're going to have some more. Um, okay. Well, good. And uh, I think, and, and you might be looking at KET. I think Monday night, I believe, or there's going to be one on KET, which is a Monday night, which will be an hour long between them, okay. and that will be worth watching. I, I believe, and I'm. I'm going from memory here, but I think yeah. that might be this coming Monday or one of the Mondays between now and the election. And uh, so, and is uh, that a live debate? That, I'm sorry. Would that be live or is it uh, taped from a live. previous? Okay, that right. will be live. That will be live, and then it will be recorded. So they 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 post it right away afterwards. Okay. So you'll be able to watch it on KET.org. And uh, in fact, if you just Google that, uh, you'll you'll find that very okay. easily good. about you get good, if good. you google debate kt.org and then debate you'll you'll get that and then also this year by the way we're electing and since uh i don't know if we'll have another show we may have one more show before the debate or before the election but uh there will be uh other all the statewide constitutional offices uh, secretary of state uh, state auditor uh attorney general and state treasurer will all be elected in this election so and the republican candidates i i'm just i'm not partisan but but i'm going to have to say in this election you know that they're the they're in most of these races they're they're stronger and i think especially the attorney general's race uh the democrat running isn't even qualified to practice law in kentucky so i mean i mean you know we just have to, we need qualified candidates on both sides now there's some good there's uh, other good Democratic candidates for the other offices, but uh, for for treasurer and auditor and uh, uh, secretary of state. So, uh, but those are important offices, and they they do conduct our elections. They do conduct our state business. 
uh, and so they're very important. So, you know, take some time to Google. You know, with Google, there's no excuse for not knowing, right? Yeah. You can find out about these people, and, you know, you have a few minutes, find out who you're voting for. Uh, I had a, I, I'm very impressed with Mark, Mark Metcalf, who is the state, the treasurer, uh, candidate for state treasurer, Republican candidate. I think he would do a great job. But I'm not here to endorse anybody. I'm just, I, right. I know, I think we have some good candidates. But can it's I, up to each individual. Can I ask you this so, question? And it's, it's, sure. it's kind of an opinionated question. I get it. It's not so much policy related, but as a, you know, just an outsider looking in, this has probably been the boringest election for governor I've ever been a part of in my life. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, 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 uh, you're going to get me in trouble here. <laughs> I mean, there's no I'm excitement. In trouble with <laughs> but, uh, but hey, um, I, <laughs> I put you in a hard spot. I know. <laughs> I, 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 I do. Um, you know, I, I, I I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I wish we. And I and I think I think this debate in Paducah last week. I was really glad. Let me put it this way: I was really glad to see Attorney General Cameron take off the gloves a little bit more. He he really did. Mm. Uh, but I w- but if you want to be governor and you want to be a successful governor, you have to have the fire in your belly. How many of you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know we saw that problem. I think when. Uh, it's back. You remember when George H. W. Bush ran against Clinton? You know, yeah. Clinton had the fire, mm-hmm. and uh, and he won. And Not the Holy Spirit, but right the fire. <laughs> and, Andy Andy Bashir, you I don't. I've been critical of him on this show. Uh, I think his policies during COVID were were uh, totally unconstitutional. Uh, but he did some other things. I think he handled the. Um, flooding and the tornado situations, I think he handled those very well, and he did some things well. But look, uh, he wants to be governor, okay? He wants to win this election. And I think that's a big issue. And I, I think Attorney General Cameron wants to win it, but, you know, I think in these, last, these weeks are going to be very crucial to him closing the gap because every poll has had him down. Now, the only poll that really counts is on election day. Right. That's the only poll that really counts. So between now and then is the time to take off the gloves. And also, I would like to hear more about education choice, not spending, not the adults, not the teachers. I'm sorry. We've heard enough about that. We need to hear about parents and about families and about kids. And I would like to see some more fire on that. And I don't want this position to be looked at as just a stepping stone for some other higher office. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. This is important to our state. We need a, a good leader, and uh, I think he could be that. I think he's got a great story. Uh, Gen- Attorney General Daniel Cameron has a great story. He's got a great uh, he's got a great way of communicating it. Uh, mm-hmm. But we need to see the fire, you know. And I think that would I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, so. because honestly, I mean, in all reality, Bashir's going to be hard to beat. Like mm-hmm. he's got a pretty high approval rating across the state in a lot of areas. Well, well, he he is, and I, I think I think the attorney general was concerned because uh, on some of these issues that he might be lumped in with former governor Matt Bevin. So he's, but you can go too far that way, you know. Mm-hmm. You can there's a balance there, and you have to be aware. There's a reason why Matt Bevin was elected the first time, and you know why he had the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really did, and he put two hundred some thousand miles on his vehicle. 
uh, he went everywhere he could go, and he yeah. got elected. Yeah. Uh, before we end, I'd like to put a plug in uh, for my recent column. Yeah. Uh, at, and you can read it in the recent copy of the News Enterprise, by the way, Elizabethtown News Enterprise, and, and other papers around the state. But it is about certificate of need, and we can talk about this, uh, you know, like next month or December. But uh, but there's a task force that's been started, and what mm-hmm. this is is certificate of need requires uh, health care providers who want to open a new surgery center, a new surgical center, or a new health care center to get approval from government and to get approval from other hospitals and other competitors before they open it, and we think this is wrong. So sure. uh, read my column if you get a chance, and uh, and go to bips.org, B-I-P-P-S dot org, and I'll have that column up there pretty soon as well. But uh, check us out there as well. And uh, really great discussion this morning. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank uh, you, Brother Jim. We don't always plan these, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, so, well, we're over time. Be prepared to vote. You know, <laughs> listen to the debate. Uh, if you all can link to that debate somehow on KT on on your side or whatever, that'd be great, and uh, and let people know about. It. I'd let the church know. Hey, watch this, you know, and uh, yeah. and uh, there will be the debates with the other candidates on there as well, uh, uh, the other offices. All right, thank you so much, brother Jim. We're over time. We're going to get out of here, but right. thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Appreciate it, brother. All right. Well, we'll see you guys tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Mm-hmm.